Hello, Tyndale community. My name is Dr. Andy Witt, and I teach at the undergraduate in the Biblical Studies and Theology Department. My main area of focus is in the Old Testament, and I specialize in the Book of Psalms. It's a pleasure to be able to ruminate on Scripture with you today, and the passage I've chosen to reflect on comes from the Book of Proverbs, in the first chapter, verses 20 to 33. The passage is about the need for wisdom but also the stark reality of what life looks like without having the wisdom God has richly provided for us. As we enter into summer at Tyndale, we tend to think about this time as a time of refreshing and regrouping. We've just finished a strenuous eight months of study and community and have had the opportunity to recently celebrate the graduation of friends and fellow students sending them off with our blessings as they enter into post-Tyndale life, whatever that may bring. Now, in adult life, uh, May also marks the time when you look outside your house and think of all the wonderful projects you want to do to spruce things up. Preparing your lawn, thinking through what you want to grow in your garden, or what flowers you want in your flower bed. Should we paint the house? Do we need better patio furniture? What about the lighting on our porch? Should we do something about that? And if you're anything like me, those grandiose plans are worked out in your head, but they often have uh, much more difficulty <laughs> being fully worked out on the ground. One thing that does get worked out, however, are, for me anyways, my legs and my hands. This year, I spent a few days doing all sorts of things in the front yard. Uh, where I live, uh, dandelions are everywhere. You can't escape them. And let me tell you, my front yard did not escape them either. <laughs> uh, because I was not a good planner, I did not put down my weed treatment when I was supposed to. So I needed to come in and dig out all the dandelion growth in the grass. And I still have the blisters there to prove it. Um, but I pushed through and I eventually cleared the yard. Um, but I also had the bright idea this year to dethatch the grass. And if you don't know what that is, uh, it's the worst. <laughs> uh, basically, what you need to do is you buy a special dethatching rake or a uh, machine, a dethatching machine. It's kind of like a lawnmower that uh, pulls up all of the dead brown grass from the previous season. And what it does is it opens up your lawn, right? And it leaves room for overseeding new grass and the hope for a full green lawn. So that's the hope. Now, uh, my front yard, it's, it's not terribly big. And so instead of buying the dethatching machine, which would have made things incredibly easier, <laughs> I decided that I wanted to have a workout. And so I spent hours upon hours raking up this dead grass. And let me just tell you, it's incredible to see how much dead grass there actually is. I mean, it's, it's quite unbelievable. Um, and so, uh, so the workout I got and, uh, the blisters that I had had new blisters on top of them, right? So lots of blistering that happened, but the dethatching isn't all you have to do. When you're done dethatching, you still need to put down some new topsoil. If there's any areas of your lawn that are a bit empty, and uh, you need to put down some new grass seed, right, to uh, fill out your lawn once again. 
But even after you do that, things are still not done. You need to water your grass for about 10 days afterwards, put down some fertilizer to help the new grass grow deep roots and to make your lawn healthy. And so, right, there's a lot to do. There's lots of planning that needs to go into this. And you have to know when to start the process because starting late leads to extra work. You know, but uh, the goal is, right, you have a routine. So once you have a routine and once you put in a few seasons on your lawn, then some of the more difficult aspects of lawn care start to disappear. And though maintaining it can be a lot of work, um, it's still a bit more rewarding and not as tasking as it could be. So that's me and my lawn. What does any of this have to do with wisdom? <laughs> um, what I hope you'll see is that having wisdom is a lot like growing grass in your front yard or your backyard, wherever you are. To grow in wisdom, you need to have a plan in place. You need to prepare ahead of time and you need to maintain steady growth of life experience so that when wisdom is needed, when wisdom is called for, you'll be wise. Right? And if you choose to ignore wisdom's call for you, when trouble does come, it's too late. You won't be ready for when life hits you. Like growing a healthy lawn, a healthy wisdom uh, is a long game, right? It's a long-term strategy to grow. And so, uh, so with that a little bit of an introduction, let's uh, have a look here at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 to 33, to see what Scripture has for us. I'll be reading from the Jewish Study Bible. So if some of the words are different, that's where that's coming from. So let's have a look here at Proverbs. We read in verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. She raises her voice in the squares. At the head of the busy streets, she calls. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she speaks out. How long will you simple ones love simplicity? You scoffers, be eager to scoff. You dollars, hate knowledge. You are indifferent to my rebuke. I will now speak my mind to you and let you know my thoughts. Since you refused me when I called and paid no heed when I extended my hand, you spurned all my advice and would not hear my rebuke. I will laugh at your calamity and mock when terror comes upon you. When terror comes like a disaster and calamity arrives like a whirlwind, when trouble and distress come upon you. Then they shall call me, but I won't answer. Then they shall seek me, but not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose fear of the Lord, they refused my advice and disdained all my rebukes. They shall eat the fruit of their ways and have their fill of their own counsels. The tranquility of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of dollars will destroy them. But he who listens to me will dwell in safety, untroubled by terror of misfortune. So as we think through this passage, there's a couple of verses that stuck out to me, or a couple of series of verses that stuck out to me, and uh, I just want to reflect on those for a few minutes here as we think about the value that wisdom has. 
So at the opening of the passage, we read that wisdom cries aloud in the streets. She raises her voice in the squares. And so wisdom meets us, not in our place of study, as we might assume, not in our prayer closets, as sometimes we're taught, not even in Kimberly Hall, where we have class. But she meets us as we are out and about in the public square, right? In the busyness of our lives, Lady Wisdom calls out to us, right? She says, hey, I need to get your attention, right? Stop being simple. Stop loving simplicity. Stop your empty sarcasms and your backbiting bitterness and stop ignoring reality around you. I know that you think you don't need me right now, but you're deceiving yourselves. Right? You need me now right, more than ever. All right, and as wisdom calls out to us, you know, sometimes we think of a passage like this as teaching us that wisdom offers her call to everybody. Right? She's just she's not just offering it to people in the church or in the synagogue or uh, right in our communities of faith. Uh, she's crying out in the streets, right? Any and all who are willing to listen to her can come and can gain wisdom. Right? And and that might be true, but we could also see this as wisdom coming to meet us in our world, willing to meet us exactly where we are. And her call to us is not simply about your mind. Right? It's about your hands and your feet. Where are you going? Right? What are you doing as you go? Right? She wants to change the way you're living your life. And so she cries out to you in the midst of your busyness. So that's the first thing I think that we can take away. The second thing is that situations of calamity, of terror, they're going to come, right? They're coming for all of us. <laughs> Suffering uh, will always abound around us. And, and though we often I think, pretend as Christians that somehow we're going to escape from it, that's just simply not true. Right? News of sudden death in the family or the community, news of cancer, news of ailments, tragedies, they're all going to come. You know, we're not immune to any of them. Natural disasters are going to afflict us all. Earthquakes, floods, tsunamis, drought, famine, pandemics, right? We're not immune to these things because somehow we love Jesus enough or something like that, right? They're going to come. And so Proverbs doesn't mask the reality that's here that we all need to face and so what, what do we do? And this is where the third thing comes in. Right? If we wait to seek wisdom until the tragedies come, it's going to be too late. Right? It's going to be too late to tap into the kind of wisdom that God offers us. And so let me repeat that. Right? If we wait to seek wisdom until the tragedies come, it will be too late to tap into the kind of wisdom God offers us. I know this is a rather harsh passage, isn't it? Right, listen to what she says again. Verses 25 and 26. You spurned all my advice and would not hear my rebuke. So I will laugh at your calamity and mock when terror comes. 
pretty brutal. Or in verse 28, they shall call me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me, but not find me. Right? Is God really like this? Does God mock us when terrible things come? But this is where I think it's important to recognize that this is Lady Wisdom crying out to us, and that even though there are some parallels between wisdom and between the Lord, they are different. And so wisdom here, right, we can always seek out the Lord. But to grow in wisdom is something that's quite different. Right? If you wait to the tragedy to call out to her, to seek her, you won't find her. She won't answer you. Right? This is true. So you need to seek wisdom now and not wisdom later. And knowledge is not going to magically appear out of nowhere as you pray in the last second. That's not how typically life works. And so we need to remember that wisdom is a long game strategy. And then lastly, the fourth point, uh, wisdom is not about avoiding misfortune, but it's about facing misfortune well. Now, misfortune is going to come. God doesn't promise us that we're going to somehow escape it. And so verses 32 and 33 here at the end of the passage are quite important. The tranquility of the simple will kill them. The complacency of dollars will destroy them. But he who listens to me will dwell in safety, untroubled by the terror of misfortune. So what's Solomon telling us here? He's telling us that misfortune, um, or sorry, he's not telling us that misfortune won't come, or even that when misfortune comes, it will somehow be softened because, you know, you're such a good, devout person. That's not what Solomon is getting at, right? The terror of misfortune is still here, but what's changed is that someone who has pursued wisdom and listened to her will not be troubled when that misfortune comes, right? The present tranquility of life leading to complacency can be the death of you when misfortune comes. But those who see through the tranquility and seek wisdom in the present, they will be prepared. And because they are prepared, they will dwell in safety, untroubled by the tragedies that are definitely on their way. So the question is, will you heed the call of Lady Wisdom, or will you ignore her? What will it be? Wisdom's calling you now. Will you hear her? Wisdom is extending her hand to you. Will you take it? Wisdom is giving you advice for long-term life strategies. Will you receive them? She's even willing to point out the errors of your thinking or the ways you are living. Will you receive her rebuke and her correction? Now, it's, it's never too late to start your journey with wisdom. Just like it's never too late to start to have a healthy lawn. You need to just get it started, right? You need to start sometime. And so with wisdom, we can also listen to what the letter of James has to teach us in chapter 1, verses 2 to 5. And here's what our, where I'll leave you today. My brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect effect, so that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. But if anyone is deficient in wisdom, 
he should ask God, who gives to all generously and without reprimand, and it will be given to him. May God hear your prayers for wisdom, and may God meet you where you are and be with you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.